Welcome to Prison Pipeline, produced at the studios of KBOO Portland. I'm Karen James. After a year-long investigation, a federal lawsuit was filed against Washington County, the second largest county in Oregon, alleging that when someone in the county experiencing a mental health crisis calls for help, the county routinely treats their health emergency like a crime, dispatching tactically trained armed law enforcement officers instead of trained mental health professionals to help. As a result, people with mental health disabilities in the county have been discriminated against, deprived of immediate medical care, and are being unnecessarily exposed to citation, arrest, involuntary hospitalization, and police uses of force. With me is Dave Boyer, attorney with Disability Rights Oregon. Welcome, Dave. Hi, thanks, Karen. So Disability Rights Oregon is the protector of rights of people with disabilities. Explain that and also explain which laws have been violated. You know, the short answer to that is uh, Disability Rights Oregon is the protection and advocacy um, network for the state of Oregon. That role was developed in the 1970s by the federal government, kind of in reaction to really bad treatment of people with disabilities. Congress decided that they needed to create a body in each state, in each territory that was tasked to you know, make sure that the rights of people with disabilities were being honored and also to keep an eye on abuse and neglect within the state. And so we started with the a developmental disabilities grant, and that has expanded over the years. Now we have nine different grants. Um, so we are tasked to protect and advocate for anybody with a disability within the state of Oregon. The specific laws that were violated in this case, we have uh, filed the lawsuit on behalf of the people with disabilities in Washington County, alleging that Washington County is violating both the Americans with Disabilities Act and Section 504 of the Rehab Act. And Disability Rights Oregon, who did file this lawsuit, worked with other organizations, and you've been investigating Washington County for a year. So what other organizations are involved and what brought about this investigation? We have been investigating for about a year. We've we've conducted numerous public records requests. We've collected a lot of data on how Washington County does respond to these different 911 calls, 988 calls, calls to the crisis line. All of those have been public records requests, and we have been conducting those with both the ACLU National, the ACLU Oregon, and Shepard Mullen, a uh, private law firm. So Washington County is named, uh, and also the Washington County Consolidated Communications Agency is named in this lawsuit. And one of the plaintiffs is Joshua Wesley. Talk about Joshua Wesley, his diagnosis, and his experience when he called 911 for help in October of 2022. Sure. Josh is an individual who lives in Washington County who has some mental health issues on and off. Um, On the night that's described in the lawsuit, Josh called 911 and asked that that he receive some kind of mental health treatment response. He specifically said on that call, please don't send the police. I'm afraid that I might be injured, something to that extent. So he, he asked that they not send the police, that they send mental health response. Instead, They sent police um, who transported him to the emergency room. And while in the emergency room, and and Josh would describe this as a a really 
uh, a big mistake that he made here, but he said, I need to kill myself. He reached for the sheriff's, or sorry, the deputy's um, firearm and the deputy stabbed him uh, with injuries that required uh, a few weeks in the hospital to fix. And he was later charged as well. He was charged and then essentially was placed into a mental health diversion program. So let's talk about Washington County's mobile crisis teams. Now, they have two crisis teams in the county. Is this normal in Oregon? Do other counties have more than one crisis team? I I don't know how normal it is across the state. I think resources are so limited in the mental health, you know, arena. I think it really ranges. Multnomah County, um, you know, they have they have a county response. They have city responses. We have Lane County with in Eugene. We have just cahoots that is simply a mental health response, um, and then it all ranges to Washington County, who has the both of the teams. So I would say it it varies really wildly within counties. Washington County has two mobile crisis teams, and yet the lawsuit claims that Washington County has made law enforcement its de facto mental health mobile crisis system. So explain the functions of each mobile crisis team in the county. One is through the sheriff's office, and Mm -hmm. one is handled by LifeWorks Northwest, who is a mental health provider in the county. The sheriff's department's team is the co-responder model. That's a model that's been used throughout the country. You know, it pairs a, a law enforcement agent with a mental health provider. LifeWorks is, is more of a, a pure mental health response team. So no law enforcement. It's a pure mental health response. So if you have a mental health crisis and that team is responding, you get a mental health response. Unfortunately, in our year-long study of the system, if you dial 911 in Washington County, you will get a law enforcement officer with or without a trained mental health provider. If you dial 988 or the crisis line, then that is when that team of mental health providers is supposed to be coming out if they have the staff to provide that. I also want to say that the mental health team that comes from 911, they don't necessarily respond to every call. They're not a 24-hour service, and according to the county's recent reports, of the 500,000 911 calls in Washington County, the mental health response team with the law enforcement agent with a mental health provider responds about 3,000 times, so about 0.6% of calls. Contrast that with Eugene, where CAHOOTS responds to about... 24,000 calls a year, they take on about 10% of the 911 calls in Eugene, and they only require a police presence in about 100 of those. So out of the 24, 25,000 calls that they take a year, they only require law enforcement for about 100. But the lawsuit says that law enforcement is responding first to these calls and making the sole determination using their lay judgment, no mental health professional background, to determine whether to contact a mental health professional on most calls. Yeah, I think that's mostly referring to 911, um, which is the vast majority of your mental health crisis calls. 
988 and, and the crisis line could get a purely mental health response. So there's, there's a contrast between those two. The problem is that almost always 911 will be called. And the other problem is 988 is limited in that those teams are very underfunded, they're very understaffed, um, and they don't respond 24 hours a day. And 988 is very new here in Oregon also, correct? Yes, very new. Very new all over the country. The mobile crisis team provided uh, services by LifeWorks Northwest. So that is a non-police response. And the county is contractually obligated to provide 24-7, 365 days a year services. And the lawsuit says that this LifeWorks team is not often summoned by law enforcement and they are not sufficiently funded and the county did not integrate this system into the agency's dispatch system. So explain all of that. You know, I I think that we really appreciate the work that LifeWorks has done in developing this team. You know, they do a lot of what we believe good work, but they are underfunded, they're understaffed, you know, and you contrast that with the, the typical, the de facto 911 response, which is a police officer with possibly a mental health provider. The systems don't talk to each other, apparently. 911 and 988 don't talk to each other. There's apparently no mechanism for a 911 dispatcher to contact 988. Um, there's no mechanism for a 911 dispatcher to send a purely mental health response. Uh, so if you call 911, you will get a law enforcement response. And do mental health emergencies warrant a police response? So no, mental health emergencies warrant a mental health response. It's similar to if you call 911 for a, say you feel like you're having a heart attack, you don't have a police officer show up at your doorstep. You have a medical provider. We contend that nearly every mental health emergency very few of those mental health emergencies require a law enforcement response. They require a mental health response. They need a trained mental health provider, not a trained law enforcement agent. So why is Washington County then treating people in a mental health crisis as if they are criminals, as if they committed a crime, as if they are dangerous? Why are they sending law enforcement when a mental health professional is needed? And there are two crisis teams in the county. You know, it reflects the widespread stigma that our society feels towards people with mental illness. Uh, People believe that people that are experiencing some kind of mental health crisis are dangerous, that they somehow will hurt other people. It's not borne out in any of the evidence. You know, we have study after study that says that people who are experiencing mental health crises are not dangerous. They're more often the victim than they are the perpetrator. And that data is also borne out in cahoots who, you know, responds to thousands of calls each year and requires a police response in very, very few of those. And the lawsuit also says that in a one-year period, the agency dispatched armed officers to 100% of calls that were welfare checks or suicide threats. Yeah, I mean... Again, reflecting the fact that the system views people who are, you know, in some kind of mental health emergency or crisis, they they feel that they are 
some kind of danger or threat. So, you know, the system feels that they need a response that includes a police officer with full body armor, gun, taser, all of that. It just reflects society's criminalization of mental health. I believe most officers in Oregon are trained in crisis intervention. So is that sufficient training for a mental health crisis? No, no one believes that is sufficient. Again, police officers are trained in CPR as well. But if I'm having a heart attack, I want the medical professional. And the lawsuit talks a little bit about the training of these officers, that they are trained to expect and prepare for a combatant or violent person. So talk about what happens when they arrive on the scene with someone clearly in distress and experiencing a mental health crisis, and they come on the scene with that command and control mentality. Yeah, I mean, I think it varies wildly with each officer. Obviously, each officer probably responds in a different way, but, you know, law enforcement's primary goal is to ensure that, you know, everything is under control. Not that the person gets the mental health care that they need, but that they are under some kind of control. And and oftentimes that leads to more control than necessary. Um, we know that these law enforcement encounters in a mental health crisis often end up, uh, you know, resulting in jail for that individual. You know, they, they need mental health care and they end up in jail or they're civilly committed unnecessarily. Maybe a mental health provider would be able to to come onto the scene and and develop a plan with the person and, and resolve that crisis. Whereas the police officer, untrained in these mental health techniques, you know, they only have so many tools. One of them is jail, one of them is the emergency room, and one of them is civil commitment. Dave, the lawsuit does talk about that on-site assessment for when a mental health professional and a peer specialist, a clinician, arrive on the scene of a mental health crisis and how they can, right there, conduct an assessment, stabilize the person, and treat them at the point of contact. And as you said, when an officer arrives on the scene, too often arrests occur, uh, there's use of force, and this, quite frankly, is unfair to law enforcement also. Absolutely. You know, you look across the country and you see some of the statements from, from sheriff's associations that are also calling for the same thing. We all know that police officers and sheriff's offices are overburdened. Why add to that burden when you have another response that's more appropriate? What we're doing is we're paying for the most expensive, least effective alternative. When we have a perfectly good alternative that's that costs less and and, and has a better outcome. Where does the funding come from to uh, enhance this already existing mobile crisis team? So there's lack of staffing, there's lack of funding. Who needs to integrate this into the dispatch system already existing in the county? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, it's generally funded by your county. Your county's responsible for, for the mental health care system in their area. It's just really kind of a bad use of public funds overall. You, you're paying for a very expensive response. It's, it's expensive to send police to a scene. It's relatively inexpensive to send some mental health care providers to the scene. So what you're doing is, you know, you're sending a, a 
a much more expensive, much less effective uh, response when you could be sending a more effective, cheaper response. Um, and I'll also add that, you know, there's some talk around the nation and some success in using peer support specialists as well. So you combine a, you know, maybe a licensed mental health provider with a, with a trained peer support person, then you, I mean, you're cutting your costs even more um, and you're again, delivering a very effective treatment. And Dave, when should law enforcement respond uh, with the mobile crisis team in a mental health crisis? Yeah, I think I, I think that the answer to that is is pretty complicated. I mean, I think you have there is an assessment always. There should be an individualized assessment, and the ADA calls for an individualized assessment of danger. You know, there are certain circumstances if if a firearm is involved, perhaps that would call for a a law enforcement. But, you know, the real answer is that the operator needs to be more specific in their evaluation, be more more tailored towards the individual and what they need, rather than just a blanket law enforcement response. What are some of the options that police do have at their disposal in Washington County when they do encounter someone in a mental health crisis? You know, I think their options are somewhat limited. They can arrest the person and put them in jail. They can take them to the emergency room. They can do what's called a police officer's hold, uh, which would place that person in civil commitment. Or they could notify, you know, the, the team with the mental health providers. We think that they do that far too few times. Um, we're also concerned that you know, if your if your options are limited as a police officer, and one of them is civil commitment, we're afraid, and, and we know that it happens. People are civilly committed way too many times. A police officer isn't. I mean, it's they're not trained to do a mental health assessment to decide whether a person needs to go into an intensive mental health care uh, treatment program. It should be a mental health provider on scene making that determination. And the lawsuit does say that the vast majority of these police holes were detained unnecessarily. Part of that reflects the general limitations in our mental health care system. I wouldn't call our mental health care system a system by any stretch of the imagination. Um, We have a very fragmented, disordered system for folks that need mental health care. And, And one of those fragments is... Right here, we have we have a person who is in psychiatric crisis. They've said they're in psychiatric crisis. They call for help. They receive a police response. Someone who's not qualified to make any kind of diagnosis or treatment plan, that police officer may then transport that person to a civil commitment site uh, against that person's will. Perhaps that person might be restrained, secluded, involuntarily medicated during the time they're at that facility, um, all against their will. And that could last up to six months or even more. I mean, it's almost the highest level of care that you can receive, the highest level of of observation for a person with a mental health crisis. So a, a very oppressive situation for someone who's just reaching out to get mental health care. But Washington County, in sending law enforcement 
instead of a mental health professional in a crisis when someone calls for help promotes the stigma that people with mental health challenges are dangerous and they need a police officer with a gun. We know that people with mental illness are far more victimized than they are the perpetrators, you know, but that stigma continues and is perpetuated by this system. And by the media, I think that's when we hear about a person when they do do something violent. And it's a very small percentage of people with mental health challenges that are violent. That's right. Yeah, 100%. And as you said, Dave, there is no mental health system in Oregon. It just doesn't exist. So if we had a sufficient mental health system here in the state, you know, maybe we could avoid crises and people can get the services that they need. So it would not get to that stage of needing crisis intervention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you have people that are, again, suffering in silence because they don't want to call, you know, 911. Would they need to call 911 if they were in stable housing and receiving quality mental health care, probably rarely, right? I mean, I think those are the two issues that Oregon needs to address. How do we provide reasonably priced, safe, accessible housing for everyone? And how do we provide quality, affordable mental health care for everyone? I think if we address those two, then then we eliminate this issue. The other plaintiffs in the lawsuit, uh, they're named Jane Doe, John Doe, Mary Doe. Can you talk a little bit about their cases? Probably not more than what's in the complaint, but before we filed this lawsuit and during this year-long investigation, we also met with with several people in the community. We we conducted listening sessions throughout the county and, and met with people who were directly impacted by the practices of the Washington County emergency system. And and their stories are in there. I think maybe one of the most dramatic conclusions that we got from those listening sessions and, and one that we may not have anticipated was that people who are accessing the mental health care system have a lot of fear of law enforcement many times. Um, they've had bad experiences. They, you know, there's anxiety about the situation and uh, they don't want to be confronted by body armor and by weapons, they want a mental health provider who's going to listen to them and and get a solution that addresses their issues. So what ends up happening and what we found over and over in these listening sessions where people just don't call 911, they just suffer in silence. And the result is that they just get worse. So you touched on what people experiencing a mental health crisis um, end up, they, they end up traumatized and they forego seeking treatment. But what are the other impacts on the resources and law enforcement itself, as, as we mentioned? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have a finite number of law enforcement officers. They can only respond to a certain number of calls. And you have a perfectly good system that if funded um, and staffed could take the burden off that law enforcement officer. I mean, law enforcement officers are tasked to defend the community. They are, they are supposed to respond to crime. And instead, in Washington County, they are being called upon to be social workers. And that's just not the job. And Dave, you did mention cahoots down in Eugene. 
And the lawsuit says that there are jurisdictions of similar size to Washington County that are successful in following guidelines in a mental health response. So can you talk more about that? CAHOOTS is the national model. I mean, as you look at it from a national perspective, CAHOOTS is again and again lifted up as the model for how the system works effectively. But, you know, there are other jurisdictions that are working in this area too. Um, I will say that what doesn't work is the system that Washington County has. And the National Department of Justice has already come out against several jurisdictions that have a similar system as Washington County. And they have said that it violates the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, So we already know at a national level, uh, this practice by Washington County of sending law enforcement is a violation of the ADA. And we know that we have a nationally respected model right in our state, a couple hours away, that functions very well. And how did Washington County respond to the lawsuit? So we worked with Washington County a little bit, you know, before we filed the lawsuit, trying to trying to reach some kind of agreement with them. And it's just too far away. The, the parties at the end were just too far away. Um, everything seems to be in it seems to be in place. You know, you have a team that's a good model, you know, mental health providers, but for some reason, the system just can't integrate that team into their plans. So unfortunately, that that just wasn't going to work. So what steps must Washington County take toward improvement? I mean, I think, you know, it's it's a long complaint filed in federal court with a very simple remedy. All we're asking for is for them to fund this system that works, the two mental health providers responding to a mental health crisis, rather than involving law enforcement, sending the appropriate mental health response to mental health crises. It's pretty simple. And Dave, you know, no Oregon County is fully funded or is in compliance with many of these complaints uh, cited in the lawsuit. So why Washington County? So... I mean, I think the the real answer is that Washington County is violating the Americans with Disabilities Act and the Rehabilitation Act. We don't have unlimited resources ourselves as a nonprofit, so we have to start somewhere. Um, and Washington County was where we directed our, our attention and our investigation. Part of the frustration is that Washington County is so close to being to where they need to be. They have They have a team that will respond with mental health providers solely. And they're just not funding that enough. They're not resourcing it enough. And it's not an adequate system for what we need to be in compliance with the ADA. So, I mean, I guess the answer is you have to start somewhere. And they they seem to be one of the counties that was close enough that we thought we could set a model for others to follow. And Dave, talk some more about why is it a bad idea to send law enforcement officers to a mental health crisis? You know, I... I think the reason a police response is not appropriate in mental health crises is because, you know, when a person is in mental health crisis, they need a mental health response. A police officer is trained, very well trained in how to respond to crimes. The person that's calling in a mental health crisis hasn't committed a crime. They need mental health care. They don't need to be protected or to be, you know, arrested for some kind of criminal activity. They need a mental health response. They need a trained provider that can address what's going on in their lives at that moment. 
They're having the worst day of their lives, maybe. Um, they need somebody to help them with that. And that's not a police officer. It's a similar situation to if someone's having a heart attack. You know, if I call 911 because I'm having chest pains, you know, having all the symptoms of a heart attack, the last thing I wanted to do is open the door and find a police officer there. You know, police officers are, they, I guess they've got limited training in first aid. They could perhaps do some CPR with me if I need that, but they're not going to be able to address my heart attack. So I want an EMT. I want a paramedic. If I'm in mental health crisis, I want a mental health provider. If I'm in a medical crisis, I want a medical provider. And if I am the victim of a crime, I want a police officer. Dave, thank you so much. We'll be watching the results of this lawsuit. Thank you for all your wonderful work. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I've been speaking with Dave Boyer with Disability Rights Oregon. And thank you for listening.